Dalton takes a shotgun snap. Quick throw. Nice. Caught by Get Green. It, it is a yeah. touchdown. Adriel Jeremiah Green. You don't live in Cleveland. Hello and welcome to episode 67 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. That is back to losing ways. How refreshing. Uh, We're back in it after a 27-19 loss to the Cleveland Browns. And, uh, well, it's business as usual, really, isn't it? Um, Joining me to pour over the, the dregs of that performance and lots of other things is Nathan Palmer, everybody. Hello, Nathan. Good evening, Paul. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not no, bad. We, we should have had him, shouldn't we? Oh, don't. We've we've said that. Apart from obviously the win last <laughs> week against Jets, we have said that almost seven, eight, nine times this year. We should have had him. And, and then we should get we should get it on a t shirt. Really, shouldn't yeah, we? We should have had him. We should have had him. <laughs> Yeah, it was frustrating because I think, um, similar to the Pittsburgh game, it really frustrated me because... Well, They're just, not good, are they? They weren't brilliant. I mean, they've got some good players. Like, Nick Chubb's a great player. Yeah. Kareem Hunt's dangerous. Obviously, Beckham, Landry, dangerous. Mayfield's all over the gaff, though, isn't oh, he? Oh, he's very inconsistent. What's happened to the guy? Do you think the fame's gone to his head? Oh, I reckon he All is. those commercials. Like... I just don't think... I mean, he's got a good arm on him. I just don't... I think he's just a bit erratic, a bit inconsistent really mm. maybe that'll happen you know that'll smooth out with age and maturity but yeah I, I quite enjoyed it I mean you love to see it the Browns yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, but yeah we should I always, have had I always them. wonder with this podcast like <laughs> if, you were, if you were to get like some commercials because obviously you do a, a good job on this podcast a lot of people are talking about it like if you were to get some commercials if it maybe goes to your head because I hope it wouldn't. Because I feel like you're a professional at the job, and you know you do you do a fantastic you know some fantastic work on this podcast. But I just want some assurances that you know when you do get the commercials <laughs> and they they do come your way. What would you it, see me advertising then? Maybe Cialis. <laughs> what was it? Cialis and it Cialis. <laughs> <laughs> What's that stuff on the US? Cialis. 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 Cialis sounds a bit sexy. I could see you doing some of the medical commercials. Oh really? I could yeah, see you side doing effects, the uh, shins and death. Maybe the discount double check. Oh okay. Me and our Aaron. You and A Rog. Yes. Having a bit of a chat. I don't know. Like Cialis. Maybe maybe like Papa John's <laughs> now and again. Like just. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. Well, I, I can assure you that fame won't go to my head. Um, You're pretty calm, guy. You got, you got yourself together. Pretty grounded, you know? I think. Mm. Uh, you know, it's important to stay grounded uh, in this day and age. Uh, however, if anybody does want me to advertise their products, then I uh, yeah, get in touch. It's at Son of Ray. Exactly. Thank you very much. Um, so, what did you notice uh, in the game? I don't really want to talk. It's Tuesday. Apologies for the slight delay in this podcast because. I went out to a Christmas party last night, and Nathan went on another jolly at the weekend, didn't you? To Athens, yeah. Athens, Greece, Athens, not Georgia. Athens, Greece, not, or Athens, Ohio, well, where right. our potential new quarterback is from, funnily that, enough. That name is banned from this podcast. Yeah, it should be, yeah, yeah. Um, 
How uh, it was? It was your good lady wife's birthday, wasn't it? It was indeed. Yeah, it took a group of us out to out to Athens. That's some amazing Greek food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely unbelievable. Oh, the bread, taramasalata. Yeah, the, yeah. Like the you know the hummus, some of the halloumi. Yeah, yeah. Some really really good foods. Really good fish as well. Some really good. Um, Calamari, mate. Nice calamari sandwich. I, I had. think that would be. Mind you, you've eaten dry, dried squid on this podcast. Yeah, you? I have indeed. Yeah, but yeah. no, some good food. Like, yes, good to see it. Not, yeah, had a, had a good weekend. How's good. the party, son? You feeling a bit ropey? Yesterday? No, it was all right. Actually, it finished uh, relatively uh, about. It finished about half ten, but it was nice. It was the nice the first one of the season for me, um, and it was just nice to bump into our friends and have a few. Cheeky glasses of something warming and spicy. Oh, mate. Do you know, I think this time of year is a bit dangerous, though, isn't it? Like, everyone dangerous. just fancies going for a beer every night of the week. And What's it's dangerous just... about that? It sounds well, great. <laughs> but you just, you just, feel, I feel like everyone puts on like four or four pounds, five pounds over Christmas. Like, well, you just yeah, got that, like, tis the season. You're that light under you. Every night, you just, oh, that, go, go on then. Talking of beers, I mean? what are you drinking at the moment? Because so, I, I, it's a rhetorical question because I actually gave it to you. I was like coming here tonight, and yes. he's, he's put in front of me a Church Farm Brewery, Harry's Heifer. Yes. A quaffable Cessna yes. Ale, as I'm reading off the bottle. And does it taste all right? It's really nice, yeah. It's a bit lively. I went it's up, like frothing up a bit. Is it? I um, I went home to Warwickshire at the weekend, and I, went, I took my mother to one of these kind of posh food farm places you know what i mean they turn it into like a farmer's market yeah but no like a farm shop but they've turned it into like a, a, a food market and oh my god i bought some cheese for christmas there it was just unbelievable just like a little slither uh i think i want to have sex with it to be honest with you <laughs> uh but i bought some local warwickshire beer i'm chuffing nice. on some pilsner church farm brewery pilsner and i bought nathan a session ipa anyway let's talk football because we're not we haven't uh so yeah that's the reason why we're a day late if you care um the sewing room is full of the smells of Christmas because my landlady has been cooking chutney for her close friends uh, and relatives this afternoon. Um, and it was a weird game, though, wasn't it? I'm still scratching my head over it because two 16-play drives. Yeah, yeah. Arguably the best, even better than Seattle, I thought. Um some real like, innovation as well in a play called yeah in. that sort of cheeky little wasn't really flea flicker but it was a, a kind of end around reverse, yeah, re- yeah. double reverse thing jet sweep yeah yeah in which resulted in Alex Erickson throwing to uh, to Geo at the backfield decent arm on him Erickson oh yeah, yeah, throw, yeah. watch it, out Finley that's yeah, what I say yeah uh, but Mixon was a, was terrific. He played well, Mixon. I give him that. He, he really he's running. He, he did it last season at the end, towards the end of the season. He just ran with a bit more aggression, and I and I think I, that comes with confidence, right? If the, yeah. If, if you're getting some holes to run through in a scheme that everyone's obviously much more comfortable with, because they tend to they tend to be sort of tossing the ball out almost rugby style to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's getting to the outside, and that makes him get to the outside quicker. Mm. Uh, but I saw some nice pulls from the offensive line. Um, it was great to see, you know, 140-yard yards, a career best and a touchdown, 16-yard. Um, and that's the benefit of having a running game, isn't it? You can be so much more balanced in your approach. You can mm. do the, you know, you can... Keeps the defence honest, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And you can make make use of the play action, obviously, because if you're terrified of mixing coming out, you can do that. And... 
those 16 play drives were just brilliant really well balanced really spread it around uh, and but then as soon as we got into that five yard line not even a red zone but like the five yard line yeah, yeah. just all went to complete pot nathan yeah, it's it's been a, f- a feature of the season a little bit, hasn't it? I mean, I think it's a bit like the Seattle game, wasn't it? Yeah, because it's like I think now we're like thirty first in red zone offense, and you think like for how bad we've been, like the fact that we're thirty first in red zone offense, you have to get there. So you think if it was different and we were like seventh, you know, where could this season have gone? And I think looking at the season, you know, there's been so many games that have just come down to sort of a couple of points. You know, within one score. I mean, even this game, you know, eight point loss, you know, it's still one score game. And you think how it could have been different if just on some of these drives, you know, there's touchdowns instead of field goals and, you know, how this season would look differently. It just, it's not like we're getting beaten by 30 points every week and it's real blowouts. No, but they're, we're they're tight games. We're actually, you know, those tightish games, we weren't, we didn't deserve to win because we weren't playing well enough. But in the last couple of weeks, yeah, we're actually playing pretty well. And there's actually, honestly, but I think there's some bad teams knocking about. I really don't rate the Browns. They've got some good individual talent. Yeah, I think that's right. But they're not well coached. They're not playing well as a team. You know, mm. the Steelers, we know. I mean, that's almost the opposite to the Browns. I don't think they've got particularly great talent. No, they're playing right, very right. well as a team. And yeah, I think yeah. those games 100% were there for the taking. You know, there's a lot of other games that I think we really could have got. I think the game against Buffalo earlier in the year, we should have had that. Even the game in Seattle, you know, there's a lot of games in there that you just think that, that some of these teams that we're playing, they're not. You know, we're not getting outclassed every week. There's, there's some obvious examples. The 49ers, we got completely outclassed. Fair enough, you take that on the chin. But I think the frustration there is that, that you know, there are some teams out there that we could have had. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but we, let's, could, we could have had them on a T-shirt. Is going to be some Cincinnati absolutely. merchandise. Um, we we need to talk about coaching, though, don't we? You mentioned coaching. Whether the Browns, you said the Browns weren't very well coached. Are the Bengals well coached? Nathan. Oh, you put me on a spot there, son. I did, you? yeah, yeah. I, I think questions every week really do come up. I think the red zone play calls have come under a lot of scrutiny. Um, scrutiny, not scrutiny. Yes. Um, I think they've come under a lot of scrutiny. I th- it's hard, isn't it? I like Zach Taylor. You know, we've had him on the podcast. We've met him in person. He's a fantastic guy. He's a very good motivator. He talks a very, very good game. He had a lot of success in Los Angeles. But you, you do, week to week, start to think, you know, it's hard, isn't it? Well, I only mentioned, I only asked because there was some real head-scratching yeah, kind I agree. of calls within the, that sort of red zone area. And I think... I don't know, man. That quarterback draw, it didn't look like a draw initially, but it looked like a botched play and Dalton was sort of improvising. But yeah. they confirmed it was a draw. And then you've got to, you've got to ask what was going on there. The quarterback sack on first down inside the, you know what I mean? And then, what is it, third in inches, fourth in inches, and you don't run the ball. Um, I don't know, man. It's Like you, I really like Zach as a person, and I think he... You know, you've got to give him time, but there were some head-scratching calls, really. I think that's going to be the tough point going into the off-season because, you know, what do you do? I mean, you know, it's his first year. You know he's a young guy. He's got a complete sort of rookie staff around him, all sort of doing jobs they're not necessarily done before. You know, we've said on this podcast, Luana Rumu has sort of come in from the Giants, you know, not 
throughout his whole career mainly a defensive backs coach not a defensive coordinator you've got Callahan who's come across who mm. you know limited experience as an offensive coordinator Zach Taylor's got almost no experience play calling a lot of people are saying to him, you know you know why doesn't he delegate on the play calling but who to breaking news Auden Tate's been put on IR, unfortunately. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. That's a real uh, shame. He's yeah. been the bright spot this season. He really has, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but it didn't look good on Sunday. Um, yeah, I don't know with Zach. I mean, maybe we are witnessing. Um, do think, do Gordon, you give him another year? Oh, I would. You would. I do want to see him with his guys in. I'm not. The defense has been playing much better as well, but. Uh, oh, I should mention that we do have a special guest, and what a special guest he is. It's uh, ex-Bengals linebacker Joe Kelly, and I urge you to listen to that because he's got some very controversial and forthright views <laughs> on the coaching staff and uh, and other members of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation. Fiery, fiery interview. And I tell you now, I'm going to play it all because it's 25 minutes, or it's basically a 25-minute rant. So L- Listen to it all. It is highly, to highly it some, entertaining. There's some controversial takes. Absolutely. But yeah, with 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 Zach and his team, um, you know they are first time head coaches. They're, it's their first experience of calling plays and obviously leading a team. Um, there's obviously no problem in the leadership areas because everyone seems to really like him. He's all, I'm really impressed with him how he's handled himself throughout this whole nightmare season. And yes, there's been lots of extenuating circumstances like injuries and injuries and things like that um, a couple of injuries as well a couple of injuries um so yeah i think i think we are just seeing uh zach's kind of rites of passage play out in front of our very eyes you know the good the bad the ugly he's, he's made mistakes he will continue to make mistakes and you just hope that he's going to get his plays in next year and he will have learnt significantly. And also sack Jim Turner, but that's my personal opinion. <laughs> um, and maybe even Lou, I don't know. Although, as I say, the defence has improved quite a lot. I think it's going to be a really interesting off-season because I think if the Bengals' ownership say, let's give them all another season, let's see how it goes, it's a bold decision. Mm. Especially you know, looking at what we do next season, whether we go to the rookie quarterback, whether we stay with Andy... It's a defining season. You don't want to lose another one. I think for the city, for the fans, you know, to win one, two, three games in a year is hard. You know, you look at the seasons gone by. We've not had a winning season in a while. And you really feel like there's quite a lot of pressure to get next year right. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, it's that's the game. That's the nature of the beast, isn't mm. it, really? The beast is is an un, un, unforgiving mistress, if I'm allowed to mix my <laughs> metaphors there. But... Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd give him another year, certainly. I know there are people out there that aren't enamoured by, um, not necessarily Zach the person, uh, but Zach the coach, you know. So, I don't know. I would give him, because I just want to see how he drafts this year. I mean, and I'm really intrigued to see whether there will be this kind of root and branch teardown of the roster and, you know, kind of replenishing. I'm just really intrigued to see whether they have the balls to do it to change 
their habits and really go for it. Um, I think the lack of experience really concerns me. Like with Taylor, I would give Taylor another year. I, I think he's got real potential and he's still very young and, you know, it's a big step up for him to be a head coach of a team, you know, with all the injuries and, you know, the Cincinnati is a franchise, always been a sort of difficult franchise scene to manage and, you know, whatever else. I 100% would give him another year. I just think the coaches around him... You know, you're looking at the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, you know, very, very inexperienced themselves in those positions. I'd be looking hard at them. I think he could really use a sort of experienced defensive or offensive coordinator to come in and help him and just sort of take some pressure off him. You know, because it's, it's fair enough, you, you know, someone, you know, you've been promoted into a good job. You almost need someone with some experience that maybe knows the organisation. I mean, you, you forget last year it was almost a clear out. You know, apart from Darren Simmons staying put, there's really not many people there that survive. No, I agree. Think... But I tell you who, who did survive, the, most of the players. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing. The coaches was a clear out of coaches, but coaches? A, a clear out of coaches, <laughs> but, um, but not of players. And I think there has to be, you know, there, was, there will be a lot of coming and going I think I wonder but, but I, I really feel like there's been buy-in that's one thing I've never questioned I feel like yeah, the players yeah, 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 have yeah. bought in there's never been a, we, we've met a few of the players at the London game they're, they're, it never ever felt there wasn't any buy-in any interviews you see with them yeah they seem like they, you know they like Zach they're praising his ways yeah. I, you know that's never almost been the question it's just so on the game day, you just feel like it's not all been there. No, I agree. I agree. Well, we shall see. There might be some a little bit of shimmying and a bit of in-out, shake it all about as soon as the season finishes. And we are only, what are we, three games away from the end of the season? Sad, isn't it? I don't know, is it? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, relief, to be honest with you. Crazy to think that you've got like nine months. It's, it's sad in the sense that, you know, it's like, the whole Sunday fun thing is mm. it won't be happening anymore and your your habits are changing back into into Sunday night boredom until the Super Bowl. Me, means you're not going to see me for a while, son. Well, again, it, I'd say it's relief more than anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, but there's also a bit of spice out there. We're playing the Patriots this weekend and there's always already been a bit of news about that, isn't there? Patriots spy on us. I know. I mean, what? I mean, it does beg the question, what the hell are they hoping to see, really? I mean, their excuse is that they're making a documentary for their website. And, you know, no offence to Zach and his team, but, I mean, it's going to be a pretty short documentary, isn't it? It's poor, though. I hate the Patriots. Do you? Oh, I hate them. Do you? It let me give you three teams, then. Steelers. Steelers, Patriots, and Browns. Now the Browns. Now I the wasn't Browns. too fussed about the Browns. Right, they were just like a little kid that was a bit annoying that you didn't really worry about. <laughs> but now they're sort of like you know they've grown up a bit, and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, you need to they need to kind need of to put them in their place. A, yeah, well, that's why. I, that, that's why I like all this tanking bollocks. Everyone's talking about. You want to stuff one down a Browns throat? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You I think really I think we've do. got a great chance to beat them at home now. But anyway. Um, yeah, so that's that's an intriguing scenario, or not? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's bring in our guest. As I say, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna play it out in its entirety because I think it um, it is highly entertaining. This 25 minutes. So you know, go and press pause, get yourself a cup of tea, turn it up, and listen to our special guest for 25 minutes. I mean, to be honest, me and Nathan don't hardly speak in this in this next segment. Uh, which you may or may not uh, be thankful for. 
but yeah, let's bring in our special guest. Okay, and joining us from Cincinnati is Joe Kelly, the man who exploded onto the field uh, at the Super Bowl when the Bengals were in the Super Bowl in one of the most memorable entrances in Super Bowl history, I think. Uh, I met him first in London three years ago and I was delighted to meet him again uh, this year in London. He played for the Bengals for four years and then uh, he went on to the Jets and the Raiders and the Rams and the Packers and the Eagles. Joe, how you doing, man? Oh, you know, I, I appreciate you you getting me on there, man. I, you know, I'm great, man. Life, life's great, man. And still following our, uh, our our beloved Cincinnati Bengals, man. It's uh, it's been a it's been a long year, tough year, but uh, you know, you know, Bob, what are you gonna do, man? It's uh, uh, you're gonna root for the guys because you know there there's guys out there that are, you know, they're putting it all on the line, man. And unfortunately, we had some some injuries. Uh, we had especially injuries in some key areas, of offensive tackle, you know, and AJ not not playing. And you know, I, I think this is uh, this year's uh, uh, you know is in, in, an inexperienced head coach. Uh, we have inexperienced uh, coordinators, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. So you know, this is the uh, first year that these guys have been in that position, and uh, I think uh, we're seeing the ramifications of that. You know, you know, Paul, this this is a tough league. This mm. is a tough league, and you're not just gonna, you know, walk in off the street and, uh, uh, you know, everything uh, is going to go the way that that, it, that is planned. You're going to uh, be faced with some adversity, and uh, we, you know, that's that's what we had. You know, we started the season, oh man, with the bang, you know, in Seattle, and you know, we <laughs> even though we lost, you know, I, I felt really good about that, and uh, you know, the wheels sort of fell off after that. Uh, Joe, you've just answered about six questions I had for you there. Oh, God, God. I, I'm full. I, I can talk. I'm full. You can still shoot them at me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I was going to start off by your ex- with your experiences in London. Could you remember the first time when you met? Uh, there was this little guy who basically jumped on top of you and just gave you the biggest hug in the world. I just yeah, couldn't. yeah. <laughs> We're at the Admiralty the, the first time. I want to say in sixteen. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was just, I was dumbfounded that there are actually Cincinnati Bengal fans in the UK. Oh yeah. I had, I had honestly, I absolutely had no idea. Uh, you know that that anybody would like the, the Bengals. I can understand people liking the Patriots and the Steelers and the Packers, but uh, I was surprised. I mean, it was a pleasant. It was a pleasant surprise, Paul, yeah. uh, to meet someone that uh, you know was was a true uh, Cincinnati Bengal fan. Yeah, because you 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 came over with a crew in '16, didn't you? There was the lovely Dina. Always remember Dina, who I was talking to, and she kind of said, "Well, I'm friends with Joe Kelly," and I was like, "Joe Kelly? You're kidding me." Yeah. And, and she said, do you, do you want to meet him? And I was like, uh, yes. And she was yeah, like, well, yeah. he's standing right behind you. And I looked around and there was this man, <laughs> this man mountain. And I just oh, yeah. said, sorry, Joe, do you mind if I give you a hug, please? And <laughs> you were most accommodating. Oh, yeah. You give good hugs, my friend, good hugs. And what a surprise, what a lovely surprise to see you and Adina and the crew uh, this year as well. It was brilliant. And uh, you had a good time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, London is man. We had a, a awesome time, and especially and it, and it's you know it's about the people that you travel with, and uh, of course uh, you know Dina and her husband Curtis. Uh, 
you know, who, who initially introduced us. You know, she's a, she's a character. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. but these are like really true diehard Bingo fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this 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 year we came with a we came with a couple people that you know they're fans, but they're not like true diehard diehard that you know. They're they're gonna a uh, diehard is gonna go to the game Sunday. Mm. And we're one and eleven, and we're playing the Patriots, and it's gonna be you know twenty five degrees. You know, yeah. so those are the diehards. You know, so we'll we'll be there with Dean and Curtis. You know, and a couple other people that came on the trip, but uh, you know, it's just it's just uh exciting. I I still see you know defense playing better. I I, I think you know there's a lot of bad coaching decisions, unfortunately. You know that that could have put us in, in situations where we could possibly won some games but you know it's just a learning you know these these coaches are learning uh and and i think more or less the nfl is showing these coaches that hey you gotta you gotta be more than just a position coach uh and and to endure an entire football nfl football season and and go through the trials and tribulations of of playing with uh, without your stars um Knowing how to manage the, the the clock, you know, making you know the the the, the right calls in right situations, and I, and I think we've been caught with our with our pants down because I still believe talent wise, talent wise, we may be you know three or four guys, but as a whole, we have some very talented people, mm. you know. So it's uh, it's unfortunate that the season has has really you know gone the way it's gone. Joe, you talk there about the diehard fans. There's a lot of fans there at Paul Brown Stadium that you know keeping the energy going there in the stadium. And what do you think it will take in you know for next season going into 2020 to really re-energize the city of Cincinnati? Is that is that a new quarterback? Is it a new coaching staff? Like what, what sort of stuff do you think will re-energize the city and get everyone back on board with the Bengals? Well, you know what I, I, I think because when you look at you know the upcoming uh, uh, NFL the, the, the seniors that are coming out uh, and everybody's choice is going to be Joe Burrows, Joe Burrows, Joe Burrows, Joe Burrows. Joe Burrows would not make our team much better than Andy Dalton. He's going to make it better, uh, and I and I say that not because it's potential. Uh, I think I've always uh, you know this season you know speaking on radio, doing the pregame bingo show, I've always said. I, I'm comfortable with Andy. I thought Andy Andy definitely was not the problem. Uh, and you, you missed him. And those two, those several games that you missed Andy, had Andy been playing against uh, the Raiders and against Pittsburgh, I wholeheartedly think we would have won those games. Uh, we have to hope that Jonah Williams comes back healthy, uh, the last, last year's first-round pick. And we have to, in my opinion, if we can go out and get – uh, 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 a Trent Williams, uh, an offensive tackle, an experienced offensive tackle. I'm telling you, our team, we, offensively, we will we'll be there. And you got to give A.J. Green his contract that he deserves. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, A.J. is, could he play? If we were in, if we were in the playoff run, would A.J. be playing? Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. 1,000%. He would be playing, but at the end of the day, should he play? You know, you're not you're not extending or giving him what he he's due. Yeah, he's 31, 32. You know, but this guy's proven that he definitely is our most valuable player. I think if you can solidify him, you lock him up. Jonah Williams is coming back. We definitely have to 
I I would prefer to go through the free agency and get a, get a veteran mm-hmm. offensive tackle, proven offensive tackle, uh, and then when you you go into it, uh, uh, you look at uh, should we draft a quarterback? Should you draft uh, you know uh, Chase Young out of Ohio State? Um, you know I, I'm looking at where we could we could possibly trade. Mm-hmm. You look at it because you know you look at the teams that need quarterback. Miami definitely going to need a quarterback. Uh, you know, Arizona. Arizona's not going to draft one of those quarterbacks. You know, they just got Kyler Murray. You know, so you, you're looking at, you know, position of where we we could possibly trade away the first pick, mm. you know, get up an uh, offensive tackle and, and trade down in the draft. I, and I, I think if we can get lock up A.J., Donovan can come back, get an offensive tackle, and then we definitely got to uh, we got to address our linebacker needs. Uh, uh, in, in my opinion, we uh, we got to address uh, – uh, in my opinion, a, a safety. We need a, a bona fide safety, uh, and and I think we have we we have the core guys to you know get out there and, and turn this thing around next year. Well, Joe, there's a lot to unpack from that one. Um, so let, let's let's zero. So you're okay with Andy? Uh, so uh, am I right? So the offensive line, not necessarily in the draft, you would go free agency for that one, but you definitely need that. Think that is a a bona fide need let's talk linebackers with you because you were a really good linebacker um what are you seeing for that position group uh you mentioned that the defense has improved over recent weeks uh but uh we still seem to be playing this kind of four two five formation back there uh kind of we or we're kind of playing five two four we're dropping linemen into coverage uh, what are you seeing? Oh. What do you like? What you what do you not like there? Well, well, for, for first first and foremost, what I what I didn't like is, is when they released Preston Brown. You know, Preston, Preston Brown is a kid who led the NFL in tackle for four years. Mm-hmm. For four years, Preston 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 Brown is a middle linebacker. We had him playing in space. He's not a space linebacker. Never wasn't a space linebacker at Louisville. You know, wasn't a space linebacker in NFL. He's a middle linebacker. So we could have kept him and, and solidified him there with this defensive coordinator. I really, I, I, I really have an issue with the defensive coordinator uh, because here, first of all, when you look at when you look at Cleveland, if I'm an offensive coordinator from Cleveland last week, I'm going to continuously run routes to uh, a, a down and out uh, to one of the linemen uh, side because we're either you're either going to have Carlos Dunlap. Uh, 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 covering him, or you gonna have Carl Larson. Yeah, you know Larson. So here, in in you know, I'm trying to. I've been trying to figure. I've been trying to figure out this defensive coordinator. What are you thinking, man? <laughs> here, you you're gonna play five defensive linemen, but you got Carlos Dunlap. Carlos got three sacks last week. <laughs> Why is he in pass coverage? Joe, he never been in pass coverage. Tell it how it is, Joe. Just tell it how it is. Yeah, you, you know it's just. It's, just, it's, it's those things, Paul. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's those things. When, when I when I see that, okay, our, the strength of our team is is our, our, is our defensive line. I understand that. Yeah. But not at the not at the expense of because there's there's nothing you can do if you have a, a defensive end that's going to either cover my running back or my tight end. I'm just going to I'm just going to attack that, and I, I guarantee I'm going to move the ball up up and down the field on you all day. Right. You know, so in, in my mind, I'm trying to say, okay, if 
you got this kid in in, in one of the defensive ends in in, in uh, uh, pass coverage. Yeah, you gotta go. You you somebody gotta get there. You gotta you know you gotta you know get to the quarterback, and you you're not getting to the quarterback. When you're in the, in, when you're trying to run, or you know, in the scheme that you're, you're trying to trying to uh, whatever you're trying to accomplish, I'm, I'm not really fully aware. I've been, I've been you know looking at it and trying to decipher. You know, uh, we have space linebackers. Yeah. You know, I think the kid from Oklahoma. You know, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Evans. He's a spe- he's he's a, he got speed. Mm. You know, he's a, he's agile. He can you know he's a kid that you can put out in space and he can cover a tight end. He can cover a running back out of the backfield. So why why are you putting us our defense is busting our ass? Why do you keep putting us in bad situations? You know, third and four, third and five. You we, and you're playing five defensive linemen when we got a capable a linebacker that he, he's going to cover this guy better than the, the mm. lineman. You know, you don't, you're not rushing five linemen. You know, every time you got five linemen, you one of them got to go in and in, in, uh, in, in, uh, you know in the, the pass coverage. So uh, you know it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating it's, it's, it's a head for the scratch. player to see some of the, the, the calls that our coaches are putting our players in, mm. some of the positions they're putting us in. So uh, here's a question for you, Joe. Would Dick LeBeau have ever dropped Tim Crumry into coverage when you were playing? Oh, 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 my God. <laughs> you know, yeah, in yeah, what life? Yeah. You know, as a matter of fact, if, if he did call that, Crumry probably would have said, hell no, I'm, I'm not, I'm rushing, Dick. You know, so, you know, no, Crummy, Crummy would not have accepted it. You know, and and I think we have to. You got to play to the strength of your team, and the strength of our team is D lining, and our D lining getting after the quarterback, not in pass coverage. Mm. You're not fooling anybody. They yeah. figured you guys out. That's why I'm in critical third and four, third and five that we had Sunday, and we had the the, the defensive end in coverage. Five six times. Mm. Those are five six times that they they you know decide games. You know those are critical stops. You know and and you know it's just you know over and over again. I I don't think that we're adjusting well uh, to what the team is uh, is doing to you. You know and, and honestly, I I still think the defensive coordinator uh, is trying to teach the defense to our our coaches who are are in turn trying to teach it to. Are, are defensive guys, mm. and you know you see a lot of times they're they're not on the same page. That's why you get a lot of blown coverage. You know, granted these guys have been playing; they've been playing well, a lot better the last three, three, four weeks. You know, but they're still they're still blown assignments. They're still blown coverages. Uh, you know, and and it's just uh, you know you have to you have to prepare, and you have to you have to be you have to be be able to put your guys uh, in a in a position where they can play. You know, stop trying to outthink think the other team. Let's 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 line up, you know, four D line, three linebackers, you know, and let's play some football and see if our guys can beat their guys. And and I I like our chances when, if we're able to do that. Joe, um, one of the, one of the big things that a lot of fans are saying on Twitter at the moment, a lot of them are saying it's better to lose now. Um, you know, they they actively want the team to lose each week so they can secure that number one pick. So they can either draft Joe Burrow or potentially Chase Young. With fans coming out and sort of each week actually wanting the Bengals to lose, you know, as an ex-player, someone who played with a lot of pride on the field, how, how does that make you feel and what would you say to that? I'll be absolutely not. There's, there's, there's no way that I'm going to go out there as, a, as a, a player and lay down 
I, it doesn't matter if we're 0-15 and it's and it's the last game, you know, and it's it's 10 degrees below zero. I I I still I'm on film, you know, and I can say maybe there there been a guy here, a guy there. <clears throat> I've never played with him. Like, you wouldn't you wouldn't be you wouldn't you wouldn't be playing next to me if mm-hmm. I'm I'm busting my ass and you're laying down. You know, and, and say if you're a D lineman and you're just like trying to go through the motions, well, that's affecting my how I play. So we're gonna have words. So, but you know, I've, I've you know I've never been on the O and eleven team. You know, but I've I've been on you know teams of eight and eight. I've been you know the year before we went to the to uh, the Super Bowl, we were four and twelve. You know, but you know we lost so many uh, you know uh, close games in the eighty seven, but and we knew we had a team, but you know good team. So you know it, it, it's something that, you know fans would say, um, uh, but as, as players, because everything's on film. Because guess that everybody's gonna look at that film. You know, mm. it's, and it's gonna be a totally different team next year. If you're one of those guys that is that laying down, somebody's gonna like, hey, I, 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 I don't want that guy playing for me. Look at this guy's effort. You know, that's a what would you effort. say though from so, like a, from a fan perspective? So if you're talking about the fans, there's a lot of fans at the moment that are saying just purely like n- n- not saying the players are not playing, but from a fan perspective, they're saying you know a lot of fans on Twitter are saying you know I'd rather the Bengals lose so that we can secure the you know the Joe Burrow pick so that the Bengals for the next five or ten years will be competitive. You know, the Joe Burrow looks like a good player. That's what a lot of people are saying at the moment. Like. I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm in that camp, but how does that make you feel that the fans are saying, you know, I, I'm happy for us to lose to the Browns. I'm happy for us to lose to the Patriots. Like, you know, when when you hear people saying that, you know, what would you say to those fans? You know, I, I would tell them, you know, here, the, 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 we're 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 just as disappointed as a player. I'm just as disappointed because when I come in on Wednesday, I'm still I'm still studying as hard. I'm studying the game plan as hard as I can. I'm preparing just as hard. You know, because I'm going out there. You know, it's about self pride. You have to understand here. We're 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 still playing. You know, we we may be out of the the playoff hunt. Uh, season may may be down the drain, but we're still gonna we're gonna still go out here and fight. You know, mm. and I'm I'm telling you, I think Sunday. You know, we got a chance. Mm. I think if our our D line plays, you know, we're not going down there. You know, fans got to understand. Yes, you would love you know to get the. the First pick, second pick, but you know the way the way it is. You know, here we have what um, uh, uh, three three games. We got three games left, um, and I would you know I would it's not out of the realm of possibility to, to win all of them. You know, and, and we have four four wins, which still would put us close to having the first pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know what? As one thing, I think fans should be worry about as opposed to players laying down. Players are not going to lay down. Players are going to go out play. Andy's going to go. You know, I'm loving what Andy's doing. He's 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 throwing that thing around. He's you know he's ripping it, man. And and, and he's making some great throws. You know, just give him a little time. Joe Mixon is definitely going to go out there, and there's nobody that's going to want want to tackle that guy the next three weeks because he's 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 a man child running, uh, and I think he has momentum. You know, I think he probably has, I'm more than likely has a personal goal to get to 1,000 yards, and he's going to bust his ass. Uh, defense, they're going to go after the quarterback. Uh, New England is not playing his, his best ball. Uh, but more than that, it's, does Paul, you know, does, does Mike Brown really want the first pick? Other than thinking about what the players are going to do, it's the ownership. So we all know, you know, I played for Paul, so I know Paul, Paul's a football guy. 
He's a football guru, a football mm. legend. Mike is not. Mike Brown is the son of a football legend. You know, and uh, I, I can I, I can tell you, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth, that was my roommate. We were roommates for three years. And uh, after he retired, of course, you know, Chris is uh, – he, he and Al Michaels are the number one yeah. uh, broadcasting yeah. team in the NFL. And uh, I know uh, 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 Session, you know, he had a, a meeting, and uh, uh, Paul, Paul, when Paul was still alive, uh, he had told Mike that he could never run a team because, you know, he's business. He, he don't know anything about football, you know. And wow. and I think Mike is the, the, determined to show that he can run a football organization without being a football person and still run it as a, as a business. Mm. And, it, and being a bingo fan, you can see what that got us. You can see how the how dreads of the 90s were, you know, with this business model and not a football approach. Mm. So I, I don't know if Mike really wants that because that's a lot of pressure. You know, you're picking the first pick. You know, uh, are you going to do it? You gonna, and, and if you guys remember, when they did the first pick and we had Kenny Anderson yeah. And they drafted Jack Thompson. Yeah, you see how that you see how that worked out. Oh, you know, so we there's, could, there's we a could, lot of we could go through the years, Joe. We could go through the years about picks not working. But listen, we'll, we'll wrap this up because uh, I think this is the first appearance of many on Cincinnati for you because that was amazing. Um, um, you do a lot of fantastic work in the community, Joe. Um, I don't know whether you like to talk about it or not, but just give us, uh, give listeners here in the UK just a little brief kind of overview of what what you do because it is genuinely amazing. I think. Okay. Yeah. So, so when I when I retired, uh, uh, just you know, my my dad has a youth organization in, in Los Angeles, California, uh, and it's a, it was a, it's a, I think it was a natural thing for me to get involved. Uh, Always did camps for football, uh, you know, football camps for kids. Uh, you know, just talking with kids, and uh, there, you know, there's a population uh, of kids who are, you know, abused, neglected, um, uh, kids with a lot of mental health issues, kids who, unfortunately, their parents are, are you know, strung out on opioids, and uh, you know, the epidemic that's that's really bad, especially here in Ohio, and they get they have to be removed from the home. So what I do, you know, Kelly Youth Services, uh, we provide homes, you know, facilities uh, for kids as, as young as nine all the way to 21. You know, these kids have suffered a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of lot of abuse. Uh, uh, like I said, you know, you, you, you name it, you know, kids have been sexually trafficked. Um, uh, uh, kids who, you know, I've had, I've had uh, a kid whose father tied him up in the backyard with a dog chain and made him eat out of the a dog bowl. Right. Uh, you, you understand the, the trauma that yeah. the kids have. So, you know, we, we provide, uh, you know, a structured environment. You know, we have a, a psychologist. We do daily group sessions. We have weekly individual therapy. We have drug counseling. You know, we have, I have an educational component. We, you know, help them get in, in school, find them the right school situation. Uh, we have a tutor. Uh, you know, so it, it's uh, trying to, get these kids back on track, you know, try, trying to get them men mentally stable, uh, mentally healthy, uh, enough to come out and, you know, just be, uh, hope, give, give them a chance in life, to, you know, being, you know, uh, upright, uh, you know, 
upstanding, you know, citizen. And, yeah, yeah. you know, they can get out here and contribute to society, be a positive member of society. Sure. Uh, Joe, you do an amazing job. And what a treat it's been to kind of get to know you a little bit over the past couple of three years. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so Christmas, what's what's happening in the Joe Kelly household for Christmas before we say goodbye? Well, Christmas, we're going to, uh, we, we're having a Christmas party for it. all the kids here at Kelly Youth Service. We have 45 kids, so uh, we've had, you know, we're fortunate to get some people who uh, kind of adopted some of our kids for Christmas, so our Christmas mm. is going to be incredible. We have an office party for the staff uh, the day before that. And then uh, this will be the first Christmas that in the Kelly household that we'll all be together. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, first time since 2011. You know, right. daughter's coming from D.C., another one comes from, you know, Columbus, Ohio. The youngest has moved back from Seattle. So this will be the first time, man, in, in eight years that we've been able to spend uh, Christmas together. So we're just we're just excited to, uh, you know, get the kids in, in the house, man, and just, uh, you know, just, just, just spend some quality time uh, and, and just love on our kids uh, for, for the next, three, you know, those, those three, four days that we get them together. Amazing, Joe. Uh, thank you so much for the time. I hope it just sounds amazing what you do. And thank you for your very forthright opinions. Um, and come on next time. Come on next year and we'll have a chat again, yeah? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Anytime, call me. I, I would, it was, it's a pleasure and it's an honour. Okay. Uh, so anytime you, you want me to come on, man, I definitely will. Good man. And thanks for having me. Good man, Joe. Merry Christmas okay, to you and your family. Cheers. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you, Joe. Merry Christmas, man. <laughs> well... Well, whew, he's lit up with passion. I love it. Oh, what a, I mean, he's a lovely, lovely man, and I'm I'm very lucky to kind of have met him. And it, but you know, it's not just me. I remember our Jamie Rowe at Trequant Beaster saying the same sort of thing. You know, you're sitting in a pub and you turn around, and there's Joe Kelly, and you turn back around, and then you kind of think, hold on a minute, that's Joe Kelly, or I know that guy, and it, that is Joe Kelly, and he's just standing there, and he's the most approachable, friendly lovely guy and his gang as i say uh, this woman called dina is an extraordinary woman she's brilliant <laughs> and uh, her hubby curtis is brilliant there was a team of about six of them who came over again to london uh, and they were just brilliant i was so pleased to have seen them again and um and well i don't know where to start with that really to be honest it's fantastic to see someone that used to play for the team with so much passion for the yeah, team yeah still sticks around the, the city thing. makes a big difference to other people's to lives yeah I've, all that that as that well that was unreal yeah. what he does is unbelievable yeah and i think uh, paul dana junior no or was it jim Azarski? i can't remember there was a really great feature on uh, joe kelly in the inquirer a few years back so go and dig that out if you can um but he does great work but yeah, he said some stuff, didn't he? God, mate, there's some controversial stuff. So he was he'd be quite happy to stick with Dalton, get the O line sorted out, mostly in free agency. I don't think we would argue against that particularly. No, no. He uh, weren't keen on Burrow. He was basically saying like, I, I reckon we'll be better next year with Dalton, which I, I next year I agree with. Long term, you know, is debatable. Mm. Um, Wasn't happy with with lots of linebackers. Well, lots of lime are being the dropped. Preston in the Brown thing, I was surprised about that. Because let's, fa- I mean, I don't want to. I mean, Joe knows better than me, frankly. But I mean, to my eyes, we played. That's when we started playing yeah, better. Completely again against the Browns. You know, what yeah, I mean? we like, played, and Vigil stepped up to the mark. Yeah, maybe we were playing people in their wrong positions. I don't know. 
Uh, I'm still not a fan of dropping Lyman into coverage. <laughs> no, I'm no. still not a fan of Lyman dropping into coverage. Uh, and then Mike Brown, just at the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of the cake there is comments on Mike Brown. So he, he was saying that he used to room with Collingsworth. Yes. And Collingsworth told him, is this right? Well, I don't know, you tell well, me. Well, right. Collingsworth told him that Paul Brown said to Mike that he was more of a businessman and it wouldn't necessarily be appropriate for him to run the Bengals. Yeah. But Mike has basically took that as like, well, I can run the Bengals, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it hasn't worked out. And if I've, I've par- like paraphrased that incorrectly, then I apologise. But that's from, jo- you know, listen back to Joe's interview... Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, I think I think, I think we that's were, what he was getting yeah. to. I think we were caught in a maelstrom uh, <laughs> of of passion and fury, which uh, I love to see. Storm and drang. I love to see that though from a proper fan, like an yeah. ex-player. And it, that's fan. what he is now—a proper fan. He's a proper fan. He just wants to win. Yes, absolutely. He wants them to do well. He believes in his team, and I love to see that. Uh, don't we all? Um, okay. Um, before we get to your correspondence. Just a few notices. Um, we got two podcasts for you next week uh, because we're going to be re- we're going to be doing our normal back to Monday night and next week, and then on the Thursday or Friday you'll be hearing our bumper Christmas episode, uh, which uh, hopefully we'll have some fun things. Go- well, I know that we've got some fun things going on, but we will have some fun things going on, so watch out for that next week. Episode 70 to Christmas. No, it's 69, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I've just received a message saying that uh, from Martin Greer uh, on Twitter suggesting that we should get Tim Crumroy in for episode 69. Ooh. Oh, God, let's go. What? So, uh, 68. Yeah, so the Christmas episode will be 69. You so, dirty b- Come on now. <laughs> so obvious, so obvious, so obvious. Um, also, we've got, uh, you know, long-term listeners and followers and friends and lovers will know that um, uh, we've been doing an online tailgate on Twitter every week, which has uh, been going down uh, rather well, I think. And every other week we try and give away some stuff. We've got a really good giveaway this Sunday. So make sure you get online at uh, five o'clock, an hour before kickoff, and all will be revealed. Uh, right, let's get to your correspondences because, as ever, there are lots of them, and there's some fun ones as well. See, this is the upside of being completely shit as a football team. Uh, the questions sort of are veering farther and farther away from football. I kind of quite like that, really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, right, Richard Coldwell at NR Coldwell. Hello, Richard. Why not run Mixon on first and goal? I mean, I haven't got the answer to that, Richard. Yeah, I agree. The geezer's running with a bit of vigour at the moment. I like it. And you run him at first and goal. You run him, you know, into the ground until he gets into that, uh, especially because he's already scored a rushing touchdown, right? You know, yeah, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Scratcher. Um, a few mispronouncements on this podcast. I know, right? I know. I'm not as smooth I, as I, 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 think, I normally take responsibility for those. I think uh, Joe, uh, Joe's fury <laughs> kind of... It's taken us off guard. It has. It? I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, Jamie at Trequart Beaster. When Finley was QB, a lot of people said we'd win games if Dalton was there. Was Sunday a game that Marvin Lewis would have won instead of hopeless Zach Taylor? Oh, that's outrageous behaviour, isn't it? I will say this. Um, 
we might have done better if, and you're going to hate this, but if Bill Lazor was on those plays, because he was actually very good at red zone play design. That That's a fair point, actually. You know, he that's wasn't... That's a fair point. Between the 20s, he was a bit gash. <laughs> but, um, but inside the red zone, there's some lovely play designs in that. So... Um, listen, I mean, I know what you think about uh, Zach, Jamie, but I'm actually there's another guy that's let's get the anti Zach stuff out of the way. Martin Caladine at uh, Ugly Game. I've run out of questions and comments, so here's a recipe for a perfect Christmassy drink. One, fill a champagne glass three quarters full with your choice of sparkling wine. Like it? Sounds good. Two, add 50 millilitres of cherry brandy liqueur. Hello. Three, sack Zach Taylor. Four, raise a glass to a better 2020. There you go. Uh, yeah, Martin, Jamie, I think, uh, you know, there's, you know, in a, a beneath our umbrella, we have a, a broad consensus. And, uh, I, I really think... Or a broad range of opinions, which is good. I really think these last three games for Zach Taylor are imperative. I think after the week, uh, you know, the win the week before, there was a little bit of positivity in the air. Yeah. And we were sort of saying, look, you know, can we get yeah. two or three wins for the end of the season? Really give us a bit of a, like, some yeah. belief. Yeah that he was the guy and he'd made some progress and he'd you know, really learned and he was bringing the team on. Yeah. I do think if we lose the next three games and we go 1-15, and 15, I know do he's got that he's win. On the hot seat then? I really think that... Well, what, it, of course he should be because he's he only won be, one game, right? But, but I think that what you need, and this is what I was trying to sort of say to Joe when, we, when he was on, is you need to buy in next season. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter who you draft. It's like you need to buy in on the coaching staff. You need the fans and to if believe they won, that these like, guys to, are the ones that yeah. you want to take the team forward. And if you can win a couple of games the last couple of games of the season, then suddenly you've got a bit of confidence and momentum going into next year. And you've got, like, the, the dressing room is a different place i i think though for the bengals you know i i'm not looking at the team and doubting the players buying like i said earlier do you know what i doubt is the fans oh yeah yeah, yeah. i think you need the fans to buy in. and you've got people like martin and jamie saying already like well, i want zach taylor out mm. i think there's a lot of fans that are on the fence there's a few fans that are saying you know we had a, a caller last week i can't remember his name and apologies saying no give zach another year like he'd be great and he was really on board which is great but I think if he loses these next three games, or we finish at one and fifteen, it's going to be hard. I, I, you know, I'll goal in next next year. You've got to, but it is going to be hard to get behind a one fifteen team, the worst in Bengals history. Well, it is, and but you, I think you, you know. you've got to, you know, the inexperienced coaches like you know, it's regardless of who you get in, it's going to be a, a tough road ahead. Mm. Well, we shall see. Uh, Bianca Verde at Bianca Verde. Solid angle. We're bungling for Burrow. Pass it on. What hilarious! What is hilarious about this is the thought that they need some extra help in working out how to beat us to a pulp. Even a stuttering Patriots team will wipe the floor of us. As you see, I've got a theory about this, which I will share later. But... Um, Duncan Price, at Dastardly Duncan. Solid handle. From what I've seen of Burrow, he benefits from time to throw, especially deep. How do you see our O-line next year shaping up with that in mind? I can see Williams at left tackle, Hopkins at centre, and Miller at guard. What do the other spots look like, Price and Hart, or do we improve via draft and free agency? I mean, yes, we do. We have to. Do you know Hart's going to be that right tackle next year? I'll bank it on you. I'll bank you five bottles of beer. Okay. For this podcast, that Bobby Hart, in the, you know, regardless of injuries, 
will start at right tackle. Like unless there's an injury or something, yeah. he will be our starting right tackle. In yeah, I don't disagree really, which is weird. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I don't disagree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he he's been below average, which means he's been better than last year. He's been better than last year, but he's still in the bottom yes, I know, half yeah. by a long way. I mean, I would look at free agency next year for a solid... Re- well, who knows free agency? You never know. I would look at free agency for a guard and uh, certainly left guard and a right tackle. I would still keep Bobby Hart as a... Uh, you know, we need depth. We can't go signing Andre Smith again. Uh, Billy Price, similarly, I think he's got versatility at guard and centre. Trey Hopkins has played himself into um, into uh, that starting position. He deserves to be upgraded with a new contract. Without absolutely no doubt, what a brilliant story uh, about Trey Hopkins. Uh, they like Mike Jordan, so I think they're going to persevere with him. They seem to like Red- so, but yeah, I mean, let's face it; those are the th- those are the three locks I think for next year. Uh, Jonah. And whether he's at uh, left or right tackle, I think that's up for debate, depending on who else we get. Um, yeah, Jonah, Trey and uh, John Miller. Like Cordy Glenn. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, I... He he's signed set. through next year, isn't he? He's, again, you've noticed the difference in the team since he's come back. And I'm really pleased he's playing. Um would I keep him or not? It, it just depends what his relationship is like with the coaching staff, and that's a good we point. and we do not know that. Yeah, that's a good we point. We do I not. Know I completely that. agree. With so that. on a on a on a completely sort of playing level, I would be tempted to keep him, but you know, there's some big sp- cap space there that if you do get rid of him, and I think it, I don't think you're sort of incurred for a lot of money if you. If you lose him, so it's going to be interesting. But I think I the problem with tackles is that there's that classic sort of like, we'll get them in free agency. There's not many good tackles floating about in free agency that you've you know either got a mortgage your house for or that haven't got a lot of question marks by them. It's one of the most coveted positions um, in football, and that that's the tough part. Is you know especially for offensive tackles, you're better off trying to draft someone and develop them. Then hope there's going to be some like you know solve it all options in free agency. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. But I think we all I think we're all agreed, a bungle for Burrow or no Burrow, a new quarterback, whether it still be Dalton, whether it be someone else, or whether it be Joe Burrow, um, will need a much more. I tell you what, I really hate about this year, and I know that injuries have been a problem on that offensive line. But there's also been a lot of chopping and changing, and I think you just That's a good point. You just cannot do that with an offensive line, in my opinion, uh, my layperson's opinion, because you know it, it's one of those units, that, one of those position groups that you need absolute kind of synchronicity, right? You need to be on the same page all the time, and uh, chopping and changing can't be good. And apparently, Jim Turner has done that throughout his career, so this is not just a Bengals thing. This is a Jim Turner thing. It's like playing at the back of football, isn't it? Yeah, you need a left back, a right back, back centre halves. You know what people are doing. You know their strengths and weaknesses. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, But I'm kind of looking forward to the off season now. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Um, Got to be aggressive, isn't it? Yeah, much more aggressive than usual. Put it that way, Uh, which is just kind of like semi-aggressive, really. (laughs) Um, Shawnee at Shawnee O One. 
How drunk are we going to need to be to watch Sunday's game? It was terrifying before they were annoyed. And, of course, uh, Sean is uh, referring to the Patriots. And uh, I think we've, as Carlos Dunlap would say, we've poked the bear uh, (laughs) by accusing them of spying. Um, well, we, we got it right, though. They've come out and uh, they've come out and acknowledged well, yeah, they're that's wrong. Right, that's right. That's right. Sam, do you a- we could do them, son. Yes, do you we could do the Patriots. Uh, we'll come to that at the end. Uh, you do, didn't you? I do. I really do. You sneaky old bugger. Uh, Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. Solid handle. <laughs> I thought that was resounding. I love Sam. He's a good guy. Uh, I thought we played well as a whole on Sunday. The problem we have and have done all season is finishing. Having said that, I do think there's positives going into next year overall. The D has hugely improved over the last few weeks in regards to turnovers and tackling. Offensively, I love that we're deservedly giving Mixon the ball more often again and he's proving what he can do yet again when doing so. I'm just taking it week by week as we only get so much time in a year to enjoy the sport we love. And hello to you both, by the way. Hello to you, Sam, and I absolutely agree with you. I'm not even looking at Burrow. I haven't watched any coverage of him. I'm just focused on this season, and uh, I'll I'll get into the draft when it's bloody time, not obsessing about it. It's just... I don't know, it's just like, come on, stop Sam obsessing. had the best take of the week, and that's Did why I he? gave him a massive, solid handle shout-out. Yeah. He was talking about, someone was tweeting him saying, look, you know, do you know what all the Joe Burrow hype? And Sam said, I, you know, about the tanking and stuff, and he said, I'd be okay with it if it was an absolutely nailed-on guarantee that Burrow is going to be quality. Yeah. If it was a Pat Mahomes coming in or someone that you knew, it was just guarantee the Bengals were going to be successful for the next five or ten years. And he made a very good point. You just don't know. No. And you look at some of these quarterbacks in the last couple of years that really haven't worked out. You look at Baker Mayfield, number one overall pick. Browns are not going to have a winning season this year. They didn't last. You know, and you can't guarantee that success. So don't, you know, to cheer against your team now, you know, for potential success, I I think that's a really good point. No, I'm down with that. Um, Tim Knowles at Timmy K Nostrils. Should the media representatives be called out for for accusing professional athletes, coaches and management of attempting to lose to draft number one overall. If I ran a team and invited press reps accused uh, my whole organisation of that, I'd ban them for life. Not a clue. I mean, this this all, I think it just goes back to the argument. You know, you're a fan, you can do what you want. Um, but I just find it really odd. Just, Are the media coming out and saying not really? I mean, the, the, I think, I think I, there's been a few, and I think that's what Tim's referring to. Mm. Um, but I, d- I don't know. You listen to Joe, and I, d- I think if you're a player, as I said, I've always said, tanking the the concept of tanking is just some nonsense that fans make up just to kind of people stop that them being haven't bored. really, and you know, not to be unkind. I think it sits with some people that aren't necessarily sports people. Yeah, that they're they're more like analytical guys than they are like. Well, who knows? Because I think as a sort of play, you know, playing the game, you know. Yeah, I know, but none of us have played the game. You know, tanking sport. You know, we're on this argument. We could horrible, wouldn't it? Go forever with it, really. Round and round. Uh, Peter Dadwell at Dadders. You can only have one next season for the Bengals: an elite offense or a shutdown defense. Pick your poison. I always go defense. Me too. Just, it just feels like you've got a bit of security. Why. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's they right. can score as well. Yeah, it's like if, you, if you're if you stopping the other 
team scoring it doesn't you know you've always got a chance on offense i think and that line could be scary there's could some be. real talent on there could if it be. just sort of re-energizes itself you draft well you know absolutely tough question though i mean i think everyone wants to would love to see like a, a fully the functional offense as well. still talent there like you get yeah, green yeah. back you got ross you got you know tyler boy mixon you know eight, a quarterback to be mm. named yes killian at malloy underscore double zero as for the game, plenty of positives, but like too many games this year, we couldn't get over the line. Away from football, and since you unofficially like to talk about food and drink uh, you like on the pod, what food and drinks do you absolutely hate and oh, why? Branston Pickle. Do you? Hate it. So walking in here tonight and smelling chutney, that must have turned your stomach. Just never been a fan of Branston Pickle. Really? Or like, yeah, I, I hate Boxing Day food. All those like... What?! Just don't like all those like cold pickles and You're cold insane. stuff. I don't like it. You don't like a Boxing Day buffet. I, I I've always just been a bit like crap. Like I, yeah, just not sure. Like tell me what what's the classic Boxing Day stuff you have? We we got a tradition on Boxing Day where me and my brother and now his little little boy, little boy, um, go out and watch our local football team, our non-league That's football nice. I like team. That. I like that. And then, uh, and then afterwards, uh, we all go back to my mum and dad's. And uh, uh, what else do we do? And then mum puts on a buffet, so she puts on a bit of salad, which you know, nothing like crazy, but salad, a few sort of bits of fish, some cold cut meats for the meat eaters, it's lots of crisps, um, some pit like beetroot and oh, beetroot. I can't stand beetroot. And what my mum also does on sort of Boxing Day-ish or the day after is her special fried potatoes. So it's almost like she boils some potatoes, she sort of half mashes them up so they're still quite chunky and then just kind of lightly fries them. And mm. they just sound really boring. But when you put them with a bit of beetroot, a bit of cold cuts, a bit of leftover fish or veggie stuff, they're amazing. No, I'll tell you, it's, it's, that, it's the cold like the beetroot. The cold beetroot. Oh, I love it. Like, I love it. No, I can't, spring onions. I can't stand spring onions. What is wrong with you? Stuff like that. It's, that's not me, mate. Spring onions. What do you not like? Though? You've not said that. I feel like you love everything. Meat. You, you never like meat. Um, no, when I was growing up, I uh, so my mum's Italian and my dad's not Italian or wasn't Italian. And uh, so we used to alternate. So every Sunday we used to have like uh, a Sunday roast. Uh, traditional British Sunday roast and I could never eat the meat couldn't get through it really that's interesting just didn't like the texture didn't like the flavour they thought I was just like being a moody kid and made me eat it and then the next Sunday my mum would make a lasagna or some cannelloni um, but like with beef mince in and of course it didn't taste like meat it just tasted like a nice mm. rich tomato sauce and I could eat that um but then I went to university and I thought, well, you know what, I don't eat that much meat anyway, so I'm going to knock it on there and see how it goes. And I just didn't miss it, really. Yeah, fair play. And the only time I've um, eaten meat in the past sort of 20, 30 years is when <laughs> I was at a... I went to a mate's wedding up in Newcastle. And we went... To the God, this is another sort of Paul's Tales by Tales the Fire from the Crypt, this is. Um... So we went. The, the, my mate, who, my mates who got married, had like an open house the next day, so people could just drop in, say hello, what a great time they had, blah blah blah. 
chat about the day and they put some food on and they put some uh, and their their like Catherine's family was there and so met her nan and met her mum and dad and sisters again and and they put on some food and and they had some volivons there and it looked for all the world that they were tuna volivons right <laughs> and I took a mouthful and it wasn't tuna it was like beef and horseradish and I don't like horseradish either by the way um awesome so I was trying to be like polite. I was like a hamster. I sort of stored it down the <laughs> back of my cheeks while everyone was talking. And I just said, right, I've got to go to the toilet now. So I went to the toilet <laughs> and I opened the door and, uh, you know, wanted to spit this heathen stuff out of my mouth into some toilet roll. And what was in the toilet? There was an old woman on the toilet as I walked no. into the toilet. And I almost spat the whole of the beef volivant <laughs> onto her face. Because, like, she was fully, obviously, doing her bits and bobs oh, in the toilet. Mate. And, uh, yeah, it was quite... So I, How I, did it I, end? How did it end? Me running out of the toilet, really embarrassed. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think she was quite embarrassed as well. Because, you know, it wasn't... Uh, I saw her beef volivant as well. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta cut it out. <laughs> Just when I thought this podcast had gone up scale, you go lower the tone like that, you dirty old soul. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, listeners, I'm not cutting that out. Right, um, let's get back to our uh, correspondence. Duncan Yeadon at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. As it's the season of goodwill, please, can you get Nathan to say the following words? Baltimore. Baltimore. Poppadom. Poppadom. And Ikea. Ikea. Secondly, can you remember... This is a bit weird, actually. That's because you said it first. I can sort of follow you a bit. I know. You give me a complex on this podcast. I know. <laughs> I'm literally getting, like, dyspraxia or whatever it's called. Secondly, can you remind him that, that in his letter to Santa, he needs to increase his shirt size to at least a large, <laughs> not to the medium. Very Mate, the next time I Nathan. see that geezer, I'm going to knock him out. <laughs> Warrior at Warrior Nate 99 Solid handle. You're, you're both allowed one piece of Bengal merchandise for Crimbo. What are you asking for? Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas to you, Nate. Um, Good question, Nat. Oh, I'm going to go Colour Rush jersey. I've not got one. They're yeah. a little bit more expensive than usual. I really like them. Uh, so that's a bit boring, really. Um, no, I like that, though. There's also... There was this thing in the Bengals Pro Shop a while back. It was like the most 80s kind of horrible but amazing uh, sort of gold lame jumper. And I thought, yeah, I'll have a bit of that. <laughs> but again, that was like limited edition. I couldn't get it. Joe, Tim Knowles has got a really nice Bengals jacket. That white one. Yeah, that's yeah. quite smart. Do you know what? I've, I mean, I've already got it. But one one thing that I love is my Bengals coffee mug. Okay. I work every day. Nice, smart, black, orange, you know, Bengals yeah, logo yeah, on yeah. it. That's a really nice touch in the office, that. Yeah. Um, I also saw, I think I tweeted out last week, that Skyline Chili have done... Uh, a Christmas jumper and it is great and I want it so if anybody in Cincinnati wants to buy and send me a um, a Skyline chili jersey then uh, please do so I will be well received Uh, Bengals UK at uh, underscore blog what hello Liam what should Santa bring the Bengals for Christmas have they been naughty or nice this year I mean they've been neither they're just a bit of a really haven't they (laughs) um 
What should Santa bring for the Bengals? I think stud linebacker. The end, yeah, I think a stud linebacker. And Just an absolute leader, but like a leader of the team, like yeah. a, a Vontez perfect without the temperamental issues. Yeah, no, I agree, a stud yeah. leader that you can rely on. That's going to really interesting that Joe Joe Kelly said safety. He's right. He wants a yeah, safety. Yeah, I think might be right. Jesse Bates has been great the last couple of weeks. He's, he's stepped up, Jesse Bates. And Sean Williams very solid. But yes, um, what do I want? I would like to see peace on earth for all men and <laughs> Bengals fans. And a Labour victory Thursday. I don't even go on the politics. I don't know what I want on Thursday, actually. But um, what would Santa bring for the Bengals? Um, the end of the season, as quick as possible. Hard, harsh but true. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of players, you know, take your pick. It's got to be quarterback, really. If we're picking number one, you've got to go QB, I think, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, ben Wintle at Shabba underscore Dabba. Solid handle. I still was shouting in despair at the game. And even after this awful year, I am still passionate about this team. And seeing the UK fan base the same makes me happy. It's great to see Mixon doing what he does best and being utilised. I was worried he would lose his passion. I think we all were, really, because he's quite yeah, a, yeah, yeah. an emotional, Fiery guy. temperamental guy as well. Yeah. You're never quite sure what he's going to be, but um, by all accounts, he's become a real leader in the, in the he's really, dressing room. Yeah. And um, he's really plugged away when, obviously, you can tell that you know it's hurting him a lot times are hard uh but yeah no i agree ben and that's i love to hear i love to hear some fan correspondence like that because that's really what it's all about absolutely andrew dockerell at dockers 77 if you could film anything to steal uh from any other nfl team what would it be (laughs) well if i was going to steal anything not necessarily film I'd, i'd actually i think i'd steal the steelers offensive line i think oh yeah um. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> You're making some weird noises there. I'd love to steal Pete Carroll's brain. He's a, he's a quality <laughs> head coach, Pete Carroll. I, just, I love Pete the Carroll's Seahawks. Brain. Sounds like some weird B movie. I just love Pete Carroll. He's such a good head coach. Yeah. The Seahawks such a good team. I, I, he would be the guy. Him or John Harbour. You know, I've got a bit of a thing for John. Yeah. Like, so basically, you you'd install <clears throat> like a little hidden camera in John Harbour's uh, bedroom or yeah, something him like and that. Pete Carroll. I'd spy on together. The two of them. Like in a in a little room, hotel room. And just, you know. Film them, watch that film steal back. Steal their two brains, the two best of each side of their brains, combine them. And what, you'd film the in, operation that, that would yeah, fuse Yeah, film the operation, together. then fuse it, and then insert it into <laughs> Zach Taylor's head. Wow. And, and you've you got Zach Taylor's personality, because he's a yeah. top geezer. Yeah, yeah. But you've got the brain of Carol yeah. and Harbaugh. Because I hate Belichick, even though he's good, I hate him. Yeah, he's yeah. such a mutable bastard, isn't it? He is. He is. Whereas Carroll's like quite charismatic, and he's got interesting yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Harbaugh, yeah. I think as well, has got a bit about him. Yeah, that's what I want. Okay, that's what I want for Christmas. Good question, though, Andrew. Thank it's you. It's a very good question. Mike Smith uh, at Solid underscore Handle. Solid Handle. Which current Bengal would you vote to be Prime Minister? Now, Ooh, for American listeners, we have a general election. Uh, this Thursday, uh, in only two days' time. Um, so You're still depend- voting Brexit party, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm leader of the Brexit party. <laughs> yeah. um, which current Bengal would you vote to be? It's a difficult question, I think, isn't it? Because like, you want to go for someone safe and solid like Andy Dalton. Yeah. But um, 
But then you want a bit of personality, I think, with in a in a prime minister. Not Preston Brown, if he's still there, be a candidate. Yes, he would. Yeah, he I, I'm going to go for Trey Hopkins. Yeah, I like that. Just because he likes books and art and music, and I think he'd culture be man, culture man. If he wouldn't be PM, he'd be Minister for Culture uh, and Sport. It would be Trey Hopkins. Um, I don't think Bobby Hart would make a good prime well, minister. He'd be shocking. <laughs> I go Kevin Uber. Oobs. He's a good lad, Uber. He's he got is. his head screwed on. He's a normal guy. Yeah, he yeah. seems quite a smart guy. Yeah. I think he'd be a good leader. Where would Randy Bullock fit fit into your cabinet, do you think? Would he be <laughs> the cabinet? Mr. For He is a bit of a culture. cabinet, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> To be fair to the geese, he banged four through, didn't he? He did bang he four banged, through. It, that that one from I think it was from forty seven. Seven yards. Yeah. It looked like it was struggling at the end <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, to yeah. be fair, but oh dear, fair Good play to the geese. Do you know what I mean? Well, like, he's as I say, he's pretty consistent. He's got nothing more than fifty, though, has he? He's got nothing much more than forty five. To be fair, yeah. I mean, I think within forty five yards, he's great. Do you think he's the kicker next year? <sighs> no. You don't think so? No, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. I went a bit like that then. No, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Randy is... Oh, I don't know. Probably not. He wants some... I, mean, I think the way you've the got to give him going, some real good competition. Yeah, the way the league's going, you know, I mean, if you can't kick from 50-plus, mm. you know, it's around the 55-yard line these days, you know, that's... that. You need some young stud muffin. A stud muffin, I think. I mean, coming in with a big lady. Randy's a bit of a stud muffin. You could could roll him out from 60 plus. Well, you could literally roll Randy out. You might be able to roll him out. (laughs) Dear old Randy. Some new geezer, you know, like, you know, like a bit of a personality about him that you reckon, like, end of the half. Yeah. You're taking a punt and you're like 64 yards out. You say, roll the geezer out. Yeah. Just roll him out and see. Like he, You know that he's got the distance in his leg. That's right. Even if he misses it, I'm, I'm excited. You know You're I mean? excited just to even try. Just the fact that he's try. rolling. Because Bullock, you just, you just punt. If it's even 54, you're probably yeah, punting yeah, absolutely. it. And I think that's the frustration. That's annoying, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. 10 yards on the field sign, you know what I mean? Well, um, that's about it. We whiffled and waffled. For longer than I thought. Uh, so this one's quite a long one. But, you know, it's Christmas. Who cares? Um... Uh, thank you for tuning in as ever um, you can get a hold of us on Twitter at whoday underscore UK and on Facebook uh, Bengals UK we're going to be carrying on a, a, a daily advent calendar for Christmas so I hope you're enjoying that and do tune into our uh, Bengals UK online tailgate an hour before the Patriots game because we do have a lovely prize to give away so it only remains for me to say it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.